Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter. How dare you? How dare you give us the gift that was and is Black is King? Oh, gosh. I... I... <laughs> I'm still speechless. I've watched it nine times, right? Nine <laughs> times. Because there's nine. so many things to capture, so many things to take in, so many things to to embrace when watching. But it's nuts to me that I knew I was going to get immaculate. I knew I was going to get top of the top tier. You know what I'm saying? And still, I scream. Let me tell you something. Big B and the B stands for bitch. How dare you scalp every follicle I had with these immaculate visuals. That's what the big B stands for. Because bitch, how? Who gave you the right? I I didn't have any edges left. Now we don't have follicles. Now I don't have tears. I don't got tear ducts. Because the brown skin girl video... What that I did? My eyeballs out. I cried it my healed, eyeballs out. It healed thirty years of drama. I mean, of trauma. <laughs> it healed thirty <laughs> drama years and of trauma. Drama. <laughs> drama and trauma. This bitch, no, but she introduced my eyeballs, my retina. My retina was saying, <laughs> "Bitch, I ain't never seen colors like this before. What is this? <laughs> it's like that specific purple seems new to me. Did so, it always exist? So the blues were different. <laughs> is that lavender? <laughs> seen water that blue in my life i was like is that that's how blue water been for real this whole time so thank you thank you thank you and thank you again we will continue to stand always and forever sis don't ever get that fucked up and the think piece in the world gonna get me to stop now back to regularly scheduled programming I'm Sylvia Obell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover, clearly, as you can see, of Beyonce. <laughs> and I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and wing connoisseur. You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. And speaking of blowing up our timelines, let me tell you... Boom, boom, who, bitch. <laughs> the, the strong black lead... Proud to be a part, proud to play a tiny role in the bad bitch that strong black lead is. Because when I tell you, I be that, I be that small fish, bitch. I be that small fish in this big pond, bitch. Because let me tell you what we have to do. This we have to shout out the sponsor. You knew it was coming. You knew, you knew we were gonna do it for y'all. Because when strong black lead went into the bag and pulled out Moesha, the game, sister, sister. Girlfriends, the Parkers, half and half, one on motherfucking one. I love that damn show. Lord Baby, Jesus. they were they <sighs> went in the bag and pulled it out. Shout out to Jasmine Lawson. Shout out to everybody else who helped bring our classics to streaming. I have chosen to stand forever. I am just so excited. Like, this is what it's about, equal representation, because our white friends, they don't know what it's like to be starved of your favorite content this long. Like, they got friends. They got everything else. Like, they can go watch all their favorite white shows from the 90s. Like, I have not seen an episode of Sister, Sister, or Moesha, or Half and Half, or One on One since UPN and was still a channel. Like, I... I, I'm so yeah. excited. I'm so excited. I, I'm also a little, I'm excited. I'm a little hesitant. You know, I get, I'm a little concerned about what these shows going to be like in the Twitter age. <laughs> we're a bit more, because, you know, like some things you just romanticize, remember how good they were. And then you watch it back as a grown woman adult and you're like, ooh, okay. You know, and we're all a bit more aware <laughs> than we used to be. Right. But for the most part, I'm excited. Which one of these series are you most excited to have come to watch, Scotty? Um, one on one, half and half. I enjoy girlfriends. The game. Oh my god! And I the best seasons of the game, not for nothing. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm excited, excited to see. Yeah, I love Sister Sister. I love Moesha. Um, Moesha's probably one I'm most nervous to rewatch. But here we are. We'll put a tab in that for later. I mean, you've rewatched it. You, I ha- have you I'm, been watching it. 
I only got yeah. I've only so far seen one episode. That's because I've been busy this week and I've been right, moving. Right, right. But okay. I am like I want I also want to watch it with my sister because she was not around when Moesha was oh, out. Oh no. And like we're actually in the same house right now. So like I wanna like we're trying to watch it together. Even though part of me is like, I hope I don't have her watching nothing crazy. But <laughs> we're gonna see. Oh. Um but I am most excited about girlfriends outside of that, just to have it in a place because I do love rewatching that. And I'm going to go ahead and put it on record that I'm starting the petition to get the cast of Girlfriends on OK Now Listen because oh what better place to talk about girlfriends than with two girlfriends who got a podcast? Like, let's just... I mean, because honestly, doesn't this mean that Tracy Ellis Ross is one of our coworkers? Like, that's the math that's I have in true. my head. Everybody. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. The brand is strong. Thank it will always thing. be strong. Shout out to Strong Black Lead. <laughs> all right, so we'll have plenty of time to talk about Girlfriends, Parkers, all of that in, a, in the next couple of months. But for now... Let's do a quick check-in. How is it going, Sylvia? You have been moving around a lot. You are officially out of Brooklyn. So where are we right now mentally and physically? Mm. Well, girl, physically, because that's the easiest answer. (laughs) I am at Mm. my mother's house in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Jersey. We all accept you. We embrace you. We missed you. Uh, let me tell you, I so I am in Jersey because, as you guys know, I'm from here, and I wanted to make sure to spend some time with my family before I flew all the way to the West Coast. So I'm spending two weeks here at the pit stop on my way to LA, and I have to tell you that quarantining in the suburbs is much better than quarantining in the city, at least as far as Brooklyn is concerned, at least Absolutely. as far as New York City is concerned. Child, we was in the get. I just, if you are in New York right now, I just would implore you to try to find a way to get out for a little bit. Cause even just, I've been, you guys know, I've been taking my quarantine so seriously that I have not gotten even, I haven't gotten on a subway, uh, a Lyft, an Uber, nothing. So when my mom came and picked me up from my apartment door, thankfully I was in the place where she could do that. And she, and we drove to Jersey. You would have thought I had been, like, I was being taken home from birth at the hospital, the way I was looking out the window, like, oh my gosh, this was like to be in a car again? And like, wow, look at the, look at that, and wow, look at the water, and look at the grass. Like, it was just, I haven't been outside, y'all, like, outside of the city and just seeing lawns and like, even just, like, being able to be in people's backyards and like, actually socially distanced, because that's been my biggest thing, and that's why I wasn't seeing anybody in New York. Our apartments and stuff, they're not big. I mean, A, I, I don't want to be inside anybody's home. It's only safe, mm-hmm. I feel like, to do outdoor visits. And we don't really have the space to do that in New York where there's not a lot of people around you also. Here in the suburbs, like in central Jersey, yes, I said central. I don't want to hear nothing about it. I mean, you ain't. I don't know what that means to a lot of y'all. Scotty, I don't want to even hear you. You close your mouth right now. Oh my it's my God, time. Here we I. Go. <laughs> She's in South Jersey, y'all. I'm in Central Jersey, Trenton Central, Central Jersey. Anyway, we are right in the middle, but we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. This is, we're not going to do this. I, what I'm here to say is that I (laughs) You had to say Central. I did, I did, because that's where I am. (laughs) It's my truth. It's my identity. You can't rob me of my identity. (laughs) And what am I, in North Jersey? Are you crazy? I'm in North Jersey. Even Newark? Piscataway. That's Central Jersey, too. So here we are together in Central Jersey. Go ahead, Sylvia. Goodbye, Sylvia. Sylvia, go ahead. Go ahead. Only Jersey people would understand that. No, yes, it is. That's that's very specific for y'all. But um, it's just been nice to be. People have backyards here. People have decks with tables and porches. People just have pools. You know, I've just been. I've been able to watch movies outside. I've been able to swim. And even just having family time. I mean, I'm in the house with. My mother, my sister, my stepfather. So, like, I ain't been around this many people since 2019. (laughs) So, like, literally, it's definitely been an adjustment. But, like, in the best way. But I think it also made me realize how much quarantine and isolation did have me, like, how how isolated I was. Because I really did feel a bit, like, shell-shocked to be outside. Like, it was even just being around people for a while. I was just, like... Like, I realized how I much I had become a shell in that way. So it is, and I didn't, you know, sometimes you don't realize how much you need something till you get it. Um, so it yeah. is really, it has been nice to do all of that. I mean, I am sad about leaving New York. Um, 
but it has been really something to think back on my time there and just reflect on how much I've grown, how many experiences I had. You know, it's the end of an era and it's been beautiful. You know, when I moved to New York, I was 22, didn't know what I was doing. I was in going to grad school, I was in a relationship. I'm leaving 30 single and way more zeros in my bank account than I came with. Hello. That's what matters most. That's what matters most. Okay, <laughs> hair long, money long. Money long. <laughs> Me and broke niggas, we don't get along. We don't get along. We don't. So, um, but yeah, more. But more on that reflection stuff later about my time here. I want to hear about you, Scotty, because let me tell you something. I ain't the only one who's been on the move in the past ten days or so. You literally broke the internet last week when you shared that you were going on your first vacation, like. I knew that when I saw the tweet, I said, "Who? This might cause waves." But little did I know, <laughs> little did I, know, I couldn't even in my wildest imagination predict Child. the thread of devastation from black men, memes, gifts, just devastation. And oh, then Lord. it was like you were like, "Oh, let me kill them. Let me finish them off with these bikini ass photos, so they can see exactly what they're missing, and so we can see exactly why she almost killed that wax woman earlier." But it was worth it. Thank you for your services. Jesus, yes, <laughs> thank you for your services. I'll be back you- <laughs> next week. But-, but talk to me about your first vacation because Lord knows I ain't been on one yet. So go ahead, tell me, girl. I was my first <laughs> one, and it was beautiful. Um, I had to refuel like my spirit and I think the only way to do that was to go somewhere um mm. and because it was our year anniversary um it just made sense he had you know <laughs> talk about it I don't know why I started glitching <laughs> when things um, y'all should see how she starts smiling when she thinks about this man did she be cheesing oh, then she gets child. mad at herself for cheesing and it's, just, oh, it's a whole process oh, no it was definitely uh more than I imagined, that's for sure. Um, I think about vacations all the time because we see them on the timeline. We see them on Instagram. Everybody and their mama be going on vacations. But it really is that bitch. Like, it, it really is that girl. <laughs> it's as good as um, Especially now when we've been, you know, cooped up in this house for, what, five months now? Uh, six months? <sighs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, six months because February, yep, six months. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, this was really needed and we were safe we did everything that we were supposed to do we made sure that we kept our distance we did everything we did everything that we were supposed to do um but it just was really calming and and really beautiful to sit by the water and just listen to water you know listen to the waves you know talk to each other without having any tv in front of us or something like that like it was just a change of the routine and i hate a motherfucking routine (laughs) um so i i really enjoyed it it was fun um yes i took pictures with my bikini because uh i spent a lot of time i think over examining my body i I, i'm very critical (laughs) over my body um over image period i spent a lot of time doing that so i think that was one of my steps into like embracing what i've done and how hard i've worked to try to do something with this body. You know what I'm saying? Like, make you sure the body be, looks you healthy. To, you need to be proud of it. And I hope the reaction showed you what we tell you every oh, day. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's just more, I, like I was sent, telling uh, my, you know, everybody else, I was like, it's the mental with me, you know, with, I hope mm-hmm. that eventually me showing people will help others but also like because i don't have a perfect body and of course i want the perfect body it's i'm damn trying, near I'll do whatever. It's very close it's very girl, close girl well <laughs> thank you one but, of my favorite you know. responses to your bikini photos was how does it feel to be god's favorite <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy body dysmorphia is real too so it is but you know is. with some cool validation from you know the people that i love it was like all right because i did send it i was like is this crazy should i post this what's you know i had to ask my mom i was like is this nuts she was like you have to ask your mom yes because like you know i do my mom spends a lot of time telling me take pictures and everything take pictures (laughs) remember this time remember this time your body that's what she says and she's like (laughs) after babies girl 
you just you will want to see those pictures again. You will want to make sure that your kids will have those pictures. So make sure you embrace the body that you have now. So that's what I have been doing, trying to do that work. Okay, well, I love how you, and I, I'm here for that conversation, and that's great too, but I want, you didn't tell me, I, I got our listeners, I'm not playing with Diani, she's trying to skate out of talking about the specificities of being on a vacation, bitch. Just, was it romantic? Was it was it sexy? What did y'all do? I mean, don't tell us everything was, y'all did. But like, it was not even like- it was it like long. was it like, like what it makes it better than a vacation? Like what? Like we are well, living I mean, through you. The constant sex, absolutely, <laughs> is the vacation part. <laughs> the um, it's very sexy, and also I think having experiences, new experiences with the one that you love, is kind of cool too. Making those you know new memories is dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I we did like ATV. We did the um. We dived in a cave. We did all of that. It was really mm-hmm. dope. Oh, we did horseback riding. Uh, I we you guys had a romantic lined. dinner on the water. We did a romantic dinner, you know, for our anniversary dinner. So, yeah, it was very sweet. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. It really, <laughs> it went, it, it surpassed what I thought a vacation was. That's you know, um, And I think we connected on a different level during the vacation. Yeah. Although it was short. It was needed and it was necessary. And I think it was something that we took seriously. So There we go. That's yeah. what I was looking that for. Was cool. Thank you. Whatever, Sylvia. <laughs> well, you know, another type of moment that really shapes us but gets talked about much less is our failures, right? Are we talking that? Talk today. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yes. we should get real deep. And go ahead and talk about some of our failures because clearly they've been seeing us win. We've talked about dating failures, but I think we need to talk about just personal career stuff as well. Let's get into it. All right. It's really important to speak openly about our failures because a lot of the time it's so easy to see everybody's you know, uh, wins and everybody's glory on Instagram, on social media. I mean, everybody will speak openly and loudly about their wins, but no one will speak um, with the same amount of pride about their failure. And I think that's very important. I think people need to see both sides and know how to go back and forth with it. You know what I'm saying? How to navigate through failure. And the only way they're going to learn is if somebody speaks openly about it. And that's what we're about to do right now. For sure. And I think being black with a platform, it's even more crucial for us to share that insight for folks. So like you said, they can see the full spectrum. I think even for perfectionists and type A's like myself, having to feel proud of my failures is something I was never taught to do it's a hard thing to wrestle with and i think the more we do speak about them the more we see how much what we classify as a failure always did turn into a lesson of some sort that brought a future win and um i'm really excited to be vulnerable in this way with our listeners because i do think that it's easy to see me and you and like they have this netflix podcast she was at buzzfeed she's on billboards in times square you know she was hosting on tv she was doing this and it's like you know she was at hot 97 she was at essence it's easy to see those things and think like that's us right Mm -hmm. but in between those moments were ugh. Right. You know, but this is a lot of fails in between those wins. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yes, there's a lot of wins, but I think we have twice as many failures. I'm, I, I do. Shit, I have twice as many failures than I do <laughs> I wins. My wins my were. Head. I said, I had to count. I know. <laughs> you brought twice out the fingers. You was like, now twice as many. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, but I'm not even counting some of the like some of the physical losses like you know certain opportunities and stuff like that sometimes I even talk about the me failing at having confidence to even say yes to an opportunity Mm. so I count those as failures too you know the failing of having confidence in myself or failure of seeing myself in positions that God saw for me you know what I'm saying or see for me you know what I'm saying so I count all of those that's why I say like there's Double them out. No, that's But I think you, that's right. like a good way. I think like the first set of failures we should maybe talk about are like missed opportunities. I think maybe that's a good place to start <laughs> to ease into this before we get real <laughs> detailed. Because I do think that um, obviously you see like there's the failures that happen when you do get something. But like Scotty said, sometimes you 
missed opportunities because of a lack of confidence or a lack of resources or whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think from you know, for myself, when I think about missed opportunities, I how many missed opportunities I had when it came from when it just came to confidence in like my writing, right? Like yeah. I, you know, I'm a writer by like trade and like profession education. Like I, you know, went to journalism school for print journalism and then went to grad school for digital journalism because I realized print was dying and it was like, oh hell, I wanted to be editor in chief <laughs> of Vibe and Vibe is gone. So what we gonna do? Um, but it is uh I think for me, you know, I my first writing job professionally officially was at Essence magazine. I used to write for their news section and occasionally like Corey Murray, shout out to Corey would let me get an entertainment story here and oh, there because she knew that's what I she knew that's what I really wanted to do. <laughs> Even though I was doing the news work because that was my background. But I think that for me, there were times where certain editors in during my time in certain magazines made me feel like because I wasn't writing the way they wrote. I think this also comes in like a generational barrier thing. Like us coming in as millennials, we're do we're there's a lot of ways we're doing journalism a lot different than Gen Z did, and that will mm-hmm. be the same for Gen. Um, I mean, than Gen X did, and that'll be the same mm-hmm. for us and Gen Z. Like there's differences in how, like our technique, how personal we feel like we can be, you know, like you know how comfortable we are, you know, or lax we are with our audience when we're writing. And I do think that there were some situations where I was made to feel like I wasn't as good of a writer as I thought I was. And because of that, I found myself stopping myself from pitching myself to do certain big stories that required a lot of writing. I've been reading Essence my whole life. What am I, you know, who do I mind to think that I can be at the same level as these women who like shaped my ideals of what my career, I wanted my career to be. But I did realize that like, Letting bad, like letting harsh edits or anything like that get into your mind space and like making you feel like you aren't a good writer just because you may not be somebody certain type of writer is not fair to yourself. And I just think about the amount of cover stories I probably could have gone after or feature stories I could have written more. Or even when I moved on to BuzzFeed, I came into BuzzFeed writing like the listicles, right? Like the Mm -hmm. list, like 25 things that Gabrielle Union did this week that are going to make you say yes. Or like, you know, like here's a quiz about (laughs) a different world or like here's that. Because to me, that was easy. That was me not challenging myself. Like I can do a list. Like that to me, it's not me having to put myself out there to write long form. And so it wasn't until the Black China story which is was in 2016 and I I had been at at BuzzFeed for over a year at that point and I had it had been two years or three years since I had started at Essence at that point so like I would say maybe it had been two years since I'd written anything long form and I had never written anything that long before because you know in book magazines you don't get that much word space as you do digitally so I would have never you want to talk about like how just to give you an idea of how many missed opportunities I probably had did because of my lack of confidence in writing for a little bit once I made it to the professional level that I always aspired to be at and then let myself get intimidated because I didn't write like you know um Nancy Coates or like <laughs> you know like right. Nicole Hannah Jones it's like I had right. to learn that just because I don't write like them doesn't mean that my writing is comparison is the thief of joy is what they say yes. all the time and just because I didn't write like them didn't mean that my writing didn't matter it didn't mean that my voice didn't matter and I think the Black China story pr- proved that to me but I also was so mad at myself because when that thing broke like when that story came to be I didn't pitch myself for that story and this is why it's like about black women being around you and lifting you up when you don't see it in yourself because I literally remember it was like in Slack and like it was like right when Black China announced that she was pregnant with Robert's baby and like the head of like the culture team was like we need somebody to write a story about this but we have to do it quick because everybody's going to write about this because Black Twitter was blowing up with Black women like somehow celebrating it but not knowing why they were. They're like I'm happy Mm -hmm. about this because it seems like a revenge thing but I'm not sure why I feel this way and Mm -hmm. I was like and then they were like who can we get to write it but we don't have enough time to commission a freelancer so we need to use somebody in house and I wasn't even in the Slack where this conversation was happening. Um, Stacey, shout out to Stacey Marie um, and Bim from BuzzFeed. And some of these other women were like, Sylvia knows the most about the Kardashians and black culture. Like, she seems to be the person who can do this story. So um, they asked me to write it. And that wasn't even my job. That wasn't my department. That wasn't my section. They plucked me from writing my little listicles and were like, hey, we want to give you this shot. Thankfully, I had a manager at the time who 
was cool with letting me take a week away from like what my job usually was to write this story. I actually only had like two weeks total to write that whole 4,000 word story. Like I think it was like a week actually because then the other week was edits. But like I... um. I literally was like, this was the biggest undertaking I ever had to do in my career. So the fact that like I was able to hit it out of the park like that, thanks to the black woman who made me believe that I could do it. You know what I mean? Made me believe like Sylvia, like you, let's let Sylvia do this. And that thing had like a million views in the first day and I had yeah, never. And, some, and, the, and it was like 4,000 words. It was so long. People, we were being told people don't read anymore. <laughs> so like to write that many words and for it to go viral and it made me sit back and think like, how many other stories could I have had by now that I didn't allow myself to do because I let people for so long make me think I wasn't good because I wasn't writing the way they thought I should write. Right. And that helped you put the battery in your back to be like, okay, I could do this shit. Yeah. And like, is possible. And then like, like, uh, yeah, that and like never again. Don't let anybody make you doubt your talent just because it looks different from theirs or different from the way that they think your talent should look. Right. Right. No, yeah, I could that I agree with and I can relate to. I think because my story starts with me dropping out of school. I dropped mm-hmm. out of school. So when I dropped out, people were like, you know, more so what is she, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? What is she about to, you know, start on where what path is she about to go? People were trying to make sure that I wasn't making the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there's a stigma about people dropping out of school and, you know, they're headed for fucking the worst and I'm about to be, <laughs> you know, all these bad things. But I mean, um, I think I put a lot of pressure during school trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I did not know what I wanted to do. I saw that a lot of my friends had their profession. They had what they loved already. They were working on it. And it was just then it was just me who just loved music and didn't know how to get or or find a lane with music that I could do, like something that I enjoyed. Um, My mom is a radio personality, so I didn't want to do that because she was already a radio personality. And I feel like I would be just like just jumping off her stuff. And I was like, I want to be my own person. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to be Shayla's daughter. So I wanted to find my own lane, which means that I also spent a lot of time mm, because I dropped out of school and because people seen it as a failure, I walked around as if I was I was the failure. You were carrying that failure on your back. Almost. Right. I, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I let it define me. Yeah. I let the failure define me. I became that failure. So I walked around with, you know, thinking, yeah, the dreams will always stay dreams. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. um, I've never envisioned this great grand life or, you know, doing something that will bring you so much joy that you can't, you, you, you smile every morning you wake up. You know what I'm saying? I could not ever imagine that at the age I was, what, I was 21, 20. Um, They didn't tell us that these were jobs that were possible back then. Right. Well, yeah. Well, my mom loves what she does. And I think that I, I had a lot of, I was just like, I need to find something that I love. And because I could not find something, I thought I wasn't worthy of that. I wasn't worthy of finding something that I love. But one thing that I think this did teach me was I am a hustler. So I work. This one thing that people can't do more than me is work. I will outwork Outwork you every time. I will outwork you anytime. I'll put money down on it. I'll do it every time but through outworking and all these things like that I started to realize that there may be a chance for me to get into some type of lane some type of music lane I made sure that all my jobs I had four to five jobs I made sure that all four to five of my jobs were in the music lane um but with that I still held back I still you know, if there was a moment for Brandon, amb- I was a brand ambassador for Hot 97 and also Kiss FM, which means I was out there in the street. It was called Street Team. I was out there in the street trying to figure out what's happening in the streets. Um, but I refused to get on that mic. I refused to talk on the mic because I didn't think that I had it. And nobody really told me that I did have it. Imagine you refusing to get on so, the mic. What a tragedy that was. <laughs> never picked one. So, of right. I would have anxiety because mm. I don't think I could match up one to my mom 
and and one to anybody's expectations of who I am or what I'm supposed to be. That's real. And I didn't want to I didn't want to disappoint anymore. I've disappointed everybody all the time. You know, I've disappointed everybody with school. So I was like, I'm just going to play. You know, I'm just going to make sure I make some money you were so that my safe. mom won't think that I'm making you know, right. I'm my mom wouldn't think that I'm making the wrong decisions. I'm working, I'm doing what I can, but to do more? No, because I was afraid. I was so scared that like I would disappoint. Take a risk, you have to jump and there's a chance you might fall. And you didn't want to do that. And yeah, and falling is not fun. That shit right. hurts. It does. Like, just falling is like, not fun. So I've missed tons of opportunities. I'm sure there are opportunities that I didn't even know existed today that I still, I've said no. I haven't, you got to figure out when you are going to take a chance on yourself. And that starts with being honest with yourself. Like to your point, I spent years avoiding being on camera. Years. When they, yeah. if it wasn't for me working at a company at like BuzzFeed where they do videos all hours of the day and they need people to hop in videos here and there and it was like very like small doses at first, I would have right. never ended up on camera, which means like I mm-hmm. like, because when they started doing the studio thing and they wanted me to do, um, you know, to co-host occasionally on AM to DM and then when they offered, like when they told me they wanted me to do hella opinions um, initially, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And they're like, have you seen yourself on camera? And I'm like, yeah, and I hate looking at myself on camera. Part of the reason why I write is because there's still a level of anonymity. People can just judge me for my work, my words. Right. When I put myself on camera, they can now judge my appearance, my weight, my hair, right. my skin. I am now putting myself up for offering in a way that even though I And that's I something love, else to carry. That's yeah. more to carry. That's way more a burden sometimes. sometimes. You're like, I'm dealing with enough. Now I got to put my image into it now. And now, like, I have to sit here and read the comments of people saying shit Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to read in the first motherfucking place. Yes. Thank God we got over that, though, because, like, A, they wouldn't have this podcast. Like, child. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, so many of those things are true. Yeah. But carrying failures on your back is a real thing. And I think, you know, to move on to, like, another aspect of failures beyond missed opportunities that that get that hurt is that falling we talked about right like when you do take a risk and you feel like for whatever reason it didn't work out because i think like you and i have both had and i'm not here to speak for you but at least i know like i've had jobs that dream jobs that i just knew <laughs> oh my god this is it like i wanted this my whole life and then it just like blows up in your face in a way where it's like even if the job was the failure and not you personally, it's hard for you to not connect it to. Because, like, right. for example, like like I said, like, my, f- I spent my whole life wanting to write for Essence magazine. You couldn't tell me that wasn't, like, the goal. So the fact that I actually got there and I had to humble myself by taking an internship after getting my master's degree to get there, that was my dream job. And once I got, nobody tells you what to do once you get your dream job and it's like, and then now what, right? And then you get there and it maybe doesn't even look like you thought it was going to look like. And I had so many great mentors and great moments and great stories and opportunities at Essence. I want to make that very clear during my time there. But I also, and I think people in media, especially black media know this, so much change happens in leadership at these publications so yeah. often that the people who may have been there to support you at a certain point leave. The people, the, mm-hmm. the leadership changes, the ownership changes, and there's like all of these other things that play a role in it. And, and then also like media was falling. And I To give like a time perspective, this was around like 2014, 2013, and like Essence was still owned by Time Inc. But they were doing layoffs all the time. I saw about four, three to four rounds of layoffs in two years at Essence. And... I saw people who were like legends to me get laid off because of budget situations. And like my turn came, I got laid off from Essence. And when I got laid off from Essence, because especially because I didn't see it coming, to me it probably felt like how you felt like when you left school. Because it was Mm -hmm. like, I worked all my life to get here and now I'm being laid off. Mm -hmm. When I tell you, I never felt more like a failure that day than when I sat in the person's office who sat, looked at me and told me my job was no longer there and to leave my laptop at my desk and to take my things and go at a place where you feel like you poured your, not just the two years of my bus and tears into, but then the 24 years of my dreams into. I still remember I was so stunned that like I had to, like thankfully one of the women who worked there like, so it's like, let's go get, a coffee next door because she could tell I didn't even know like what to do and it's also embarrassing even though you know like it's not 
It's, it's not fully you. Control. It's beyond your control, it's but it's you. Em- right. But it's embarrassing to feel like I was expendable to you all. Like you, like I was expendable to you. You have to look right. around and see who to cut, and you felt like I wasn't good enough to keep. A lot of these brands will do that too, though. These these places, they will have you put your blood, sweat, and tears and dispose you like you literally have done nothing for the company, and that, you know, that really fucks me up. Because even your amount of loyalty belongs mm-hmm. to, to, to this brand, to this, you know, wherever. And you spend so much time making sure they know that you have put this first. You have made this a priority mm-hmm. that when they've decided to sit there across from you and just act as if you never did any of it. None of it ever happened. It's like a breakup. Not for nothing. It's like when yeah. a man looks at you like you ain't giving him your all and all this other stuff and he's like, yeah, I moved, I'm moving on to somebody else. Mo- like, right. And you're like... With the swiftness. Not a second. <laughs> it felt like you didn't even give it a second thought. You didn't try to debate this within, you know, your... And your, you know, you be wanting to ask follow-up questions. Like, did you fight for... The, like, did you, right. did you did fight you for fight me? For or, like, did it just, like... Right. Like, who who all thought this was a good decision? Like, right. Who, like, and you can't even get that closure most of the right. time. So it's, like, it's 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 it was painful. And I definitely felt like I hit the ground, like, sobering. And, and I think, for me, the biggest lesson I got from that was to not let my job ide- be my identity. The amount of loyalty I had to Hot 97. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, and I still do. I love Hot 97. I love Kiss FM. I love WLS. I will speak about radio like, you know, me, that's my girl. Like, that's my girl. I love radio. But the amount (laughs) of loyalty that you have to put into a brand Mm -hmm. that never said they loved you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times in my job, you have to play your part. Know your role. Right? Meaning... You know, you can't try to get a higher position. You have to stay where you are and shine there and hope that somebody sees that you are doing (laughs) the work. You know what I'm saying? Um, But if you are stepping out to try something new, you are also stepping on somebody else's toes. And that's where the fight starts. Talk about it. That's where... My You're failures. To be creative and somebody gets intimidated. Because being new or being young in any industry is a struggle. And I know that being older in the industry too is a struggle. Niggas are just trying to keep their job. That's why they get I so get defensive. It. I get right. it. Right. And I and I understand. But <laughs> I think I spent a lot of time trying to make sure that I made everybody else comfortable. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that I wasn't coming for their job. I wanted everybody else to know that, you know, hey, you know, I'm just trying to learn the boards because I want to be w- well-rounded in radio. Not you know because I'm saying? trying to take your job. Not because I'm trying to take a job. I'm not trying to do anything. You know, I was so scared to step on toes. And plus, my mom wanted me to step on all the toes. She wanted me to heel toe. She wanted me to do the A-town <laughs> stomp on these niggas' toes. But <laughs> but you also see these people as family, and you want them to keep yeah. their job, too. But when I'm getting paid $8.50 an hour, I would walk from the—this is when I lived in Jersey. So my job was in New York. So I would walk from Hudson all the way down to Penn Station. And then when I got on the train, I tell everybody this fucking story, I will sit in the bathroom. Mm. I will wait in the bathroom for the guy to, you know, the conductor, the conductor. to pass so that he won't, um, he, I don't ticket. have no ticket. It's expensive. It's $12. It's $11 yeah. to yeah. get home. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that. I was sleeping at the radio station mm. like probably three times a week. See, this is so, the, the part people don't think about. Right. So they, they don't think about that. But like, so when I decided to take a step out and be like, yo, I might could do this radio thing. Like if I learn about the boards and I learn, you know, everything I need to know, I think I could do this. Once I started, I was told by someone who was not black that there can only be one dark skinned girl on the radio. They can't even they can't even see you on the radio and so still colorism exists. You that is nuts to me. That shit was paralyzing. Cause 
I never knew that to be true. And I was like, okay, well, I, I have to work hard. But now I, I think my focus has to be on some other dark-skinned girl. Like it's, make, it's breeding for competition. It's breeding right. to make you look around and be like, oh, my God, there's too many dark-skinned girls here. I'm never going to get a shot. Right. And luckily, you know, luckily my mom has raised me to be somebody, you know, who doesn't really do that, who'll never try to pit myself against somebody based on color or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to do the best that I can do. And mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I was tr- I tried out for overnight. I did overnight for a little bit. And then I was given the choice to either go overnight or do morning show, which is being a digital producer for a morning show. Um, but overnight, I can be a radio personality. And so they went with somebody else who was dark skinned. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, maybe that is the game. Hmm. I automatically took it as they don't want me on the radio. They don't like me. I'm actually just not good at this. I'll never do this again. You don't ever have to worry about me on a mic. Right. It's like it's like you have to fight the urge to pack up your bags and go. Oh, shit. I packed up my bags. I was like, I am a digital producer now. <laughs> Let me pack up my little dusty dreams. <laughs> right. Put them back in the suitcase. My bad, y'all. Let me close it up. It, my, let's pretend it never happened. Because that's right. what it will do to your confidence and your doubt. Like, it'll just make you, it'll confirm every doubt you have in your mind. And it will make right. you not push forward. I applied to be an Essence intern every summer from my junior year of college, senior year of college. I didn't get it till I was in my graduate school. So three years of applying t- into it to get it, right? Every mm-hmm. year I didn't get it felt like a rejection. I applied to BuzzFeed before I left Essence and I got laid off from Essence. And I was like, Lord, now I really need this job. Didn't right. get it. It was down to me right. and another black girl. And they, you know, of oh, couldn't take us both. And then- um, right. And then I had to I applied again at the top of the year. Because, you know, and this is a thing I think is a very important lesson for people because I do think it's very um, instinctual to when you fail to run, like you're saying, like to go and to never look back. To me, the greatest thing I could have done in my career was to push forward despite the shame or humiliation I may have felt and stuck stayed the course. Because for me, right. every time I didn't, if I hadn't, I wouldn't be here right now. Like I had to have every job I've had, I've applied to twice. Some people think that the sign is to try something else or do something mm. else when yeah. that's not the sign. Sometimes the sign is to try it again, to keep going, to try harder, to do it differently. You know what I'm saying? Keep keep yeah. focusing on this dream, but find another way to go about it or just work harder. You got to how bad you it. want it. Right. And so, like, you know, younger me, of course, I would be like, yep, that's God. You know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the universe sign. The universe said I ain't shit. So I'm going to go ahead and pack my shit. But that could, you know, and it was God saying, no, 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 you need to try a little harder. The biggest decision you can make for yourself is how do you act when you fail? That is the character defining moment, because if you act out, when you fail, you can blow it up for real. But if you right. do it right, like, because even like for me, yes, I got laid off at Essence. But ne- I also did center stage at Essence Fest after that. I've also wrote a cover story for Essence after that. I also have, we were just featured in Essence last week which for this right. podcast. And I tweeted about how you act after you fail. Just basically saying like, yes, yeah, since you can cry. You can stomp, you can be mad as fuck, but as long as you keep going, you you know, stopping is not an option. I will cry, stomp, pit, I mean, I am You could cry, but you better keep climbing that mountain you better, with tears running down your pierce, face. Crying, literally, but keep going. Just don't stop. I have a question. Let's talk about our, like, our 20s, right? Because this is all in our 20s. This all happened in our 20s. If yeah. you were to give a title Shit. or like a, yes, a <laughs> chapter, what would you call the chapter of your 20s? Whew, maybe, I, girl, it might be just be, but God, but God. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of every, that's the middle of every sentence. You told her she couldn't get in the ship, but God. You laid her off, but God. You told her she couldn't write, but God let her go viral with this story. You told her Hello? she couldn't be on camera, but she was on camera. You told her that she could, you know, she was too talkative, this and that, too opinionated. She called, you know, she got a podcast. You told them to, you told Scotty two black girls couldn't be on nothing. Here we are, two dark skinned black girls hosting this show, but God. Hello. 
But God, <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. What would what would yours be? Mine mine would be um, your silence will not protect you, which is an Audrey Lord quote. <laughs> I love that line. That quote. I couldn't do that anymore. And you know, when I speak of silence, I also speak of myself, me not talking to myself and being honest to myself mm-hmm. and asking those tough questions that I need to answer before I go ahead and try these opportunities and do this, you know, uh, embark on this journey that I want so bad. So like, you know, why don't you think you're worthy? You know, questions like that and trying to get your hands dirty with trying to figure out how can we muster up some confidence for you? Yeah, because you're going to fail. And you would you want to know what you do or what can how can you prevent this from happening next time? Yes, it's going to take reflection. But I do think everybody deserves some sort of answer as to why they weren't chosen to be on the radio. (laughs) This is all my history. I'm like, Supervisor could get back to what uh, Miss Beam right. on that topic. That would be great. Please, email. thank you. Um, All the damn I- demos and air checks. I am livid. Uh, but yeah, but, I got. Through. But I honestly, got honestly, I feel relief from just having this conversation because it's really hard to talk about your failures and sometimes you don't realize how much of that you hold in you until you get it out in a lot of ways and how helpful it can be so thank you for sharing these stories scotty well no thank you silvio thank you you for sharing that you you know you know you be talking that's one thing about (laughs) you you gonna talk my silvio be talking my baby (laughs) got bars pun de bars I love how she made that sound loving. <laughs> a hot 16 for your ass real quick. Yes. No, I enjoy talking about this. This is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. And I'm I'm happy to talk about it with you. Me too. Because you're beautiful. But yes, listeners, we hope hearing our failures offer you some more perspective on this never-ending journey to success and also reminds you to have more kindness with yourself. Please be kind to yourself. And like the late and great Kobe Bryant said, once you know what failure feels like, determination chases success. Right. And if you can, make sure that you hashtag okay now listen and tell us what your biggest lesson was with failing. I think that would be very helpful because I think everybody has a big lesson and I would love to learn, especially about our listeners, what they've learned about failing. Yeah, because we're going to keep failing. We're going to do... Oh, we're going to continue to fail. I was going to do that anyway. Like, so (laughs) so help me next time. That's who I am. I'm a fail. That's just who I am. That's just who I am. I'm a fail. (laughs) Regardless. So do understand, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here right with you with the failing, sis. But we're going to win, too. I'm never done winning. Do understand that. We will never be done winning. All right. Now is the time where we put y'all onto things we enjoy in hopes that you can enjoy it, too. Sylvia, what are you recommending this week? I want to recommend... Two books that really helped me get through the failures and times in my life where either I had lost the confidence after failure or just needed or in myself because of missed opportunities or just needed help navigating my career. And re- sometimes reading about other people's failures and how they overcame them helped me not feel so alone. So the first one is Shonda's Shonda Rhimes is A Year of Yes, it's The Year of Yes, because a, I relate to Shonda so much on just like a writer creative level, like of just being in your head all the time and all of that stuff. But I really could relate to her talking about how the lack of confidence she had in herself and her appearance, how it kept her from doing, you know, certain on-air opportunities as she became a more of a well-known showrunner and how it made her commit to saying yes to everything for a year to see how much and how far she could go if she stopped missing opportunities. And that is the book that inspired me to do my own year of yes, which is how I ended up being on camera myself because I told myself I was not going to say no. And then niggas offered me a show and I was like, well, I guess I got to say yes because that's the rule (laughs) that's happening right now. And it definitely spearheaded my career into a place that I never saw it being. And I'm super thankful for that. that even just that practice. So if you want a book about that, 
Shonda Rhimes of the Year of Yes is a good one. The other book I want to recommend or put you guys on to really fast is um, Elaine, Elaine Welteroth's More Than Enough. Because that book really, her talking about her career highs and lows and overcoming media specifically, which is obviously the lane I'm in, felt it, it was strategically really helpful, but also just, you know, to hear the words of wisdom that people like Ava DuVernay and other people gave her as she was navigating, you know, working for mainstream publications and navigating her own self-identity and her worth and becoming bigger than the brand or any publication, like that was really helpful to me. But also just knowing when to quit, when to stay, when to fold, when to chug and drive. Like, it's just, it's very, a lot of this shit is strategic. And I definitely felt like reading her experience helped me even think through some decisions that I was facing in my career at that time. So I think, especially if you're in media, these are two books that would be great for you. What about you, Scotty? What do you have to inspire the people this week? Well, I am in between giving you songs that will lift your spirit and songs that will, I guess, make you get up out of bed, meaning like, you know, being sad over a certain situation and and giving you that motivation, that extra push to make you go for it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a mix. So first of all, shout out to Lupe. When he said hip hop saved my life, it really did. It saved my life. So music was a big uh, part of helping me move forward, uh, move past my failures. So with that being said, I think I should make a playlist for you guys. And I do love making playlists, so this is my own idea and I'm excited to do it. But um, <laughs> I want to make a playlist to help you guys and probably myself. I'll probably be listening to it again to help me get out of whatever rut I feel or however I'm feeling after I fail. Um, but these are songs that will definitely motivate you to work harder, to get up, to move forward, to make one step, you know, to to inspire you to actually do what you came here to do. So, yeah, it's going to have Nina Simone on it and it's definitely going to have Big Crit. Those were two of my... I love it. Because only on you a know, Scotty the, Bean playlist will variety, you get Nina Simone and right, Big Crit on the same album. Crit. The same Big one. Crit. I love and it. if you know me, you know I'm a J. Cole fan and I'm definitely going to put a J. Cole song on there. I'm sorry. But I'm going to do it. Don't. We um, hear you and we love it. Can't but, wait. Can't wait. <laughs> um, can't wait. So excited. So we'll link it in this episode and we'll tweet it out. Um, it also will be on Sylvia and my page. Uh, I'm just putting your social account I was like, okay. Yeah, like, you're going to be out here promoting it, too. Because you're my friend and you're going to support me. <laughs> she just put me on her support my playlist. She just put me on her stream right. team. And that's why. <laughs> I got you, sis. Um, I got yeah, you. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> all right. That's our show. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. <laughs> our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Executive producers are Agarinesh Shagre and Jasmine Lawson. Our lead producer is Jess Jupiter. And our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. And also shout out to Amanda Jones for being nominated for an Emmy. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, so boop, proud boop, of you, girl. Also, make sure to share your thoughts with us on this episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Okay, like Scotty said earlier, we want to hear about your failures. Share them with us this week. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us too. I'm at Sylvia Obell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed. Bye.